Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. Hi, how's it going? It's going good. Awesome. Well, I'm very excited. I have a special guest on today. If you want to say hello and introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. I'm Megan Quinn. I write romantic comedies with lots of spice. (laughs) Yes, lots of spice. We love that. (laughs) So before we get started into the nitty gritty, we ask all of our guests a series of questions. So we'll start with the first one, which is what is your favorite standalone? I really like You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hogel. That's one of my favorites. I love that. (laughs) What is your favorite series? I really enjoy the Beautiful Bastard series by Christina Lauren. Obsessed with them. <laughs> yeah, that is a really good series. I got yes. into their backlog a little bit later and I saw them in person and they were talking about like the Beautiful Bastard and how it's kind of like a cult following. Like everyone that's read it is like obsessed with it. And I was like, okay, I have to go back and read this. And I was shocked because I think my first one that I read of theirs was like The Unhoneymooners, which is like spicy, but not that spicy. And like page two, I was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Unhoneymooners is one of my favorite books of all time. Um, But I went from reading the Beautiful Bastard series to their like newer stuff. And I was shocked when it was like closed door. And I was like, excuse me, what's going on here? But I still loved it because I mean, the spice is obviously like a plus, but um, it's not needed to be like such a great book. Yeah. It's yeah. That's so true. But I, I remember like listening, I think I listened to the audio of the first one. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Diving right in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is a really great choice. So who is your ultimate book boyfriend? Kellen Kyle <laughs> from the thoughtless series. Have you ever read that? I haven't. It's like way back when 2012. Yeah. And it's by SC Stevens. Mm-hmm. And it just destroyed me. Like he destroyed me. And I tried reading it again because I was always like, this is one of my absolute favorites. And I couldn't because it was too, like, I had too much anxiety. And I was like, I just can't do it. Like, it's like a one and done for me. Like, I'll never be able to reread it, but I like hold on tight to those feelings. <laughs> yeah. It's sometimes it's best to not reread because you're like, maybe it won't hit the same. Like, I worry about that constantly. I'm like, what if I go back and I don't feel like as emotionally invested as I was the first time yeah. I went through that? Yeah. Totally yeah. valid. <laughs> so, second to that, who is your ultimate book girlfriend? Ultimate book girlfriend. Ooh. Now, I feel like I'm going to have to pull from one of my books which, you know, you're allowed um, (laughs) because I just love her so much. And that would be Charlie from boss man bridegroom. She is like super, super quirky and organized. And she loves like pens and office supplies. And she just knows what she wants. And she, you know, knows how to bring this like grumpy alpha down to his knees. Yeah. And um, I just love everything about her. That's awesome. I love that. You are definitely allowed to pick your favorite characters as your ultimates because you created them and you made them exactly what you (laughs) wanted to be. So I love that. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So can you tell us a little about yourself and how you got started into writing and your writing journey so far? Yeah. So I actually wasn't much of a reader. And then back in 2012, I, when the Kindle was like the big thing, I told my wife, I was like, can I, can you get me a Kindle for Christmas? And she was like, you don't read. And I'm like, well, if I had a Kindle, I would read. (laughs) So she got me one. And then she made everybody like family and friends, get me an Amazon gift card. So, um, I stocked up on, I think it was like $150 and I like hoarded it close to my heart. And, um, I started reading and I started falling in love with all these different stories. And then I realized that there's like super spice and I was like, what's this? Um, and I was actually commuting an hour and a half, one way to work. And this was before podcasts were like popular and, Spotify wasn't a thing. Like you just, I was listening to the same Adele CD over and over and over again. (laughs) Brutal. And so during my like drives, I would start thinking about the books that I was reading and being like, what if this happened or that happened? And then it was like characters started talking in my head and I was like, 
maybe I'll write something. And so I wrote my first book and it was a train wreck, but <laughs> it took me like so long to like fine tune it. And even at that, it was not fine tuned. <laughs> but then I was telling, I was talking to my mom about it and she's like, why don't you just self-publish? So then I tried to like figure out what this KDP thing was all about. Yeah. And when I thought I hit save, I hit publish. <gasps> And the next day I went to work and I was checking my email, you know, before I had to get my day started and they, or I saw an email from KDP saying, congratulations on publishing your book, check out your sales. And I was like, what, excuse me? Like I didn't publish. And I was like, "Hmm, let me see what the sales are. (laughs) And three people overnight bought my book. And I was like, what? This is crazy. And so um, that night I went home and like made a website and a Facebook page and like let everybody know that I was an author, kind of just how, how it all started. That's so fun. That's crazy. I love that. And it's like, it's such a fun journey because it's one of those ones where you think it's impossible unless you're in the big five and like Mm -hmm. getting to be able to do like self-publishing and going through that must've been really, really fun and really scary all at the same time. It was, it was, it was, um, interesting because no one really knew family friends. They didn't know that I was writing a book. And so Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I was like, I wrote a book. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, it was just interesting in that aspect. (laughs) Yeah. How did you kind of navigate that when you first started out, you know, telling your friends and family and everyone about it, that you were writing these sort of like smutty, spicy books. Did you feel like that was difficult or were you just like leaning into it? Um, I think I just told them that it was like romance. It wasn't like super, like, you know, they talk about (laughs) certain things and use certain words. Yeah. Just that I wrote, I write romance. And then they were like, oh, I want to read it. I'm like, oh, it's not necessary. (laughs) You just buy it and don't. (laughs) Just support me and never open it. Thank you. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So what has it been like for you being an indie author in the age of like TikTok and Bookstagram and this sort of revival of, you know, reading with KU and all that kind of stuff? What's that been like for you? It's been amazing. Honestly, I, I truly believe that book talk has reinvented the book community in a whole nother way. And I also give credit to, unfortunately, the pandemic. I yeah. think during that time, people found solace, peace, joy, um, an escape, you know, in books. And I think it was like kind of the catalyst that jump start started everything and everyone found book talk and like, you know, it just became this big bubble of amazingness. And, um, what I truly do love about any social media platform that is within the book community is that you do truly feel like you're part of something, you know, I like the ability to connect to my readers. And so, which I don't necessarily think, would have been possible, you know, without, obviously it wouldn't have been possible without social media, but like, you know, I'm able to talk to them and have conversations and I'm able to ask like, what do you want? What do you want to see? Who do you want to read about next? And I'm able to personally deliver requests to my readers, um, which I think is not, you don't get that very often in other businesses. Yeah. And so, and then obviously, of course, just having fun of readers and being able to communicate. And I try to say thank you or make a comment of anyone who mentions me. It, it gets pretty hard, but for the most part, I feel like I do a pretty good job of keeping up. Yeah. And for us, I think as readers, like it's so crazy because I think a lot of us who read a long time ago, we're going to book tours and things like that and getting to meet you guys in person, but like very briefly. And now I feel like there's so much opportunity for us to like really aggressively share how much we love your books, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, getting a chance to like interact with you and show you that. And, and like, mm-hmm. it's so cool to be able to do that. Cause like you said, it's not something that you get to do in any other business. And like, It's not. I mean, I was talking to somebody who was not in the business, but was learning about the book business Mm -hmm. and they were fascinated with how like tight knit we are yeah, and how we're able to, we're like an army sort of, you know, (laughs) and we're here to like defend the words that we love. And they were just so fascinated with it. They're like, I've never seen anything like it before. And I was like, yeah, like we are a strong bunch of men and women who love reading and I wouldn't trade it for anything. (laughs) Yeah. And it has been really positive for the most part, which is really fun. And like everyone's Mm -hmm. so inclusive and like, 
just being a part of it is is absolutely wild. So <laughs> they're very inclusive because I I remember I when I came out to my readers because they knew that I was married, but they didn't know I was married to a woman. Mm-hmm. And I was really nervous about it, but it got to a point where I was like, I tell my wife, I was like, I don't want to like hide anymore. I never said I was of a husband, like I had a husband or a wife. I just said I was married. And I was like, hey, you're part of this. This isn't yeah. like, I don't feel comfortable. And when I came out to my readers, the, the love and support was just astronomical. And I was truly worried that I was not going to be able, I was going to like not have a career anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just been so overwhelmingly you know, filled with love that I was like, this is the best place to be. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody is so supportive. And like, that's so great to hear that you've had such a good time and like people have been there for you and supportive and being able to like say those things and, you know, create that like tight net community has, I think meant a Mm -hmm. lot to a lot of people. So it's good to hear that you're having a good time too. (laughs) I am. I am. I'm all, I'm for it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about your latest book that just came out, Right Man, Mm -hmm. Right Time. So can you give us a brief overview of this book and a little about the rest of the series? Yeah. So basically it takes place in Vancouver, the Vancouver agitators. It's a made up team, obviously (laughs) hockey romance. And, you know, the, the first book actually introduces all the characters and that one's kiss and don't tell and all it's five guys and they're all best friends and they spend their off season up in Banff, Canada in this cabin that one of the characters Silas owns. They call it a cabin. It's not a cabin. It's really like a mansion in the woods. (laughs) Um, It has like an indoor pool and everything. So it's like, it's a joke that they call it a cabin. And, you know, the first one's with Pacey and Winnie and Winnie basically just, you know, gets lost in the Canadian Rockies and she stumbles upon five hockey players in a cabin and Pacey the goalie is the one who is like she's mine and then the next book is uh the three little words and that one is with Penny and Eli and Penny is Pacey's sister and Eli gets her pregnant at the very the very very beginning and so it's their journey of Pacey forcing them to be together because he doesn't want his sister to go through this alone and Eli trying to like navigate his friendship, the friendship he's losing with Pacey because he's so mad at him. And then his pregnant other, yeah, they become obviously a couple, but during the book, it's really funny. That one's really funny. And then obviously the newest one is Right Man, Right Time. And that one is of Silas. And you find out in the first book that he was, bro- he broke up with his girlfriend, but you never know why, but you see it like heartbreak for him through the like first two books and the prologue of right man right time you find out why and what happened and so he's kind of like down on his luck and he's at a bar ollie is the girl and she um runs into her like nemesis and her nemesis is dating her ex and she's like i need to save face in this moment And so she goes up, she basically says, oh, I have a boyfriend too. And just finds the nearest guy and kisses him. And it happens to be Silas. And then they decide to be in, you know, a fake dating relationship to help each other out. Um, And he also happens to be 10 years older than her. And she's in college. My favorite thing is, is that he visits her in her dorm and like mm-hmm. stays the night. And I don't know why, like call me a pervert or whatever, but I, <laughs> I love that like aspect of it. Yeah. What made you decide to do the age gap with like her being in college instead of like him being, you know, like a college hockey player and then her being like 10 years older? Like what made you decide to do that kind of age gap? Because I already established like their age in the first two books. So Mm -hmm. I feel like it couldn't have been a reverse. And I don't think I've personally, I've never read I mean, it's probably out there because romance is romance at this point, but I've never read a book where it was a 10 year age gap with someone in college and someone out of college. And I found that really intriguing. And so I was like, you know what, let's explore this. Yeah. (laughs) I loved the age gap because I was like, okay, when I was in college, I would feel the exact same way as her. But now that I'm like almost 30, I'm like, 
you know, she's being a little dramatic. Like he's not that old. And I thought that those lines were really funny because it is such like a parallel. I think when you're closer to her age, you're like, no, this Mm -hmm. is like weird. Like, why am I dating someone that's 10 years older? But then at the same time, like I am in an age gap romance. Like my boyfriend is nine years older than me. So like, (laughs) and I, I think if I was in college and I started dating him, I'd be like, oh, this is gross. But we met when I was 25 and I was like, this is fine. (laughs) And it's just crazy that like (laughs) the difference between you at 21 and you at like 30 is, is like substantial. (laughs) Yeah. I, I like when I was writing her, I really wanted to kind of make it laughable a little bit, you know, that she was, she's like, how old are you? And he's like 31. And she's like, ew, you're in your (laughs) thirties. I just think it's so just what I would have said sarcastically when I was at that age. Yeah. And so I just ran with it. (laughs) I love that. It's so genuine. And I would like to say her dorm room sounds very impressive. Like I lived in a big dorm in college, but I definitely never had the option to live in a single. So (laughs) that sounds very nice. They're doing it right. Yeah. (laughs) I, and I actually, I can't remember what school it was, but I looked up a school in Vancouver and I was looking at their dorms and they had like single dorms and I was like this is so nice yeah and I like they had like a floor plan and I was like mm-hmm, this is where she put this and like I had it up for a while as a tab on my computer so that I could like revert back to it just to remind myself like the layout yeah but yeah I was like this is ideal and also I was you know, I was joking about this with another interview that I was doing. I don't like writing about children or animals that much. You don't mm-hmm. see them very often in my books because there's a responsibility as an author that you have to take on when you have a child or a book in or a child or a pet in your books, because you have to be like, make sure the character says where said child is or that child has been fed or that the dog has been taken out or like just something to make sure that like everything's taken care of. And I think it's just too much for my brain. Um, so when I was thinking about the dorm situation, I was like a roommate is too much for me to handle right now. So I can't be like the roommate's gone here, there, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, let's just eliminate roommate. So we don't have to deal with that. (laughs) And I just went with the single and I thought it worked great. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I definitely could like picture my dorm furniture while I was reading it. And I think you did a really great job with like the layout and how all of that was set up. And she's like, I, I don't have a dining room table. I'm 20. Like what? (laughs) So yeah, I thought that was really perfect. I loved it. Where did you get the inspiration for creating the agitator series and setting all of this in Vancouver? So I wrote a baseball series and also wrote a football series much earlier on. And I, you know, was like, I want to write another sports romance. I love sports sports romance. I had a full ride scholarship for softball. Like sports are just in my blood. And I was like, you know what? I haven't done hockey. Let me just like dabble in some hockey a little bit and see, see where it takes me. And so I wrote the first two books and then it took me a year to write Silas's or to release it, I guess is what I'm saying. took me a year to like get it all together a little less than a year. But um, because I was so invested in the Kane brothers and um, I had some stuff for my publisher that I had to do. So it took me a little bit. And then once I got back into it, I was like, oh, God, I love these guys so much. They're just so much fun. But I did like I was thinking about where to place it. And I, I've done a lot of stuff in like New York. And I just kept thinking of like different Areas, it has to yeah. be in a colder area. Like I know that like not all hockey teams are in colder areas, but I was like, I just feel like it has to. And I was like, you know, I've never done anything like up, up in Canada or anything. Yeah. So let's try that. <laughs> really lean in. Like hockey is the culture there. So yeah, <laughs> this makes sense. Yeah. I did really like that. They were like, they were both from the States and then you said it in Canada and that like became kind of an element of it, not to spoil mm-hmm. anything, but, but that was, you know, something they could relate about was that they were both, you know, from, from the U S and then they were there kind of separate. So I really did like yeah. that. I was like, oh. Sounds so fun. <laughs> so your covers for these ones are a little bit different than a lot of the other covers you've done because you have some, mm-hmm. I will say, hot, hot, hot men on your other covers. <laughs> and for Kiss and Don't Tell, for that one, your original cover does have a model on it. So what made you decide to kind of switch it and go to the cartoon covers? Um, it, it's a very easy answer. I was ghosted <laughs> by the model who's supposed to be on Right Man, Right Time. And it got to the point where I didn't have enough time to like, you have to order paperbacks at a certain time. You have to have things up for audio at a certain time. So I needed a cover. And I was like, well, <laughs> like <laughs> I have an illustrator and I can ask him to illustrate characters for these covers. And so 
Um, he did a great job. I picked yeah. out scenes from each book that I thought represented, you know, a good portion of the story for him to illustrate. And then it took us, oh my God, my cover designer must hate me. She says <laughs> she loves me, but I'm like, mm, I don't know. It took us probably about 10 different covers and designs. And I would be like, oh, I think I like this, but give me a day to sleep on it. And then I come back and be like, let's try this. And she's like, oh my God, Megan. But <laughs> covers are so important to me. I spend a lot of time fine tuning and making sure that they are like within my brand and that there's something like new and exciting and, you know, something that would catch your eye. And so the cover, and then the cover sets the tone for the entire branding of the book, Yeah, you know? So I, I really do take my time and try to figure it out. And so once we did the illustrated, I was like, we have to do it for all of them. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of, it's kind of where we're at right now. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Yeah. I was so excited to see them because I love the books when you have like the title that's so big, but also they're a little, mm -hmm. you know, animated or they have like the, the cartoon art on the front. I think that's such a fun mm -hmm. trend and like, I'm obsessed with it. So I was so excited. I was like, <laughs> this is so cute. I love purple. I love this. And <laughs> it matched so well with the other ones. Like when you had all three of them redone, I was like, this is perfection. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I, <laughs> I avoid purple on my covers and it's, it's my wife's favorite color. And she's like, why do you hate purple so much? And I'm like, yeah. I don't hate purple. It's just that every book that I've had purple on hasn't done as well as other books. So I like have this fear that purple is holding me back. Yeah. <laughs> and when, when the book hit number one, the next day after release, my wife was like, mm, yeah, purple's mm. really holding you back. <laughs> You're like, listen, there's a lot of black on the cover too. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. I love that. That's awesome. That's so funny. So <laughs> I have a question. All of your characters in these books, you know, obviously in the series connect, but mm -hmm. in this one, we do get a little preview of your Kane brothers and a couple other, mm -hmm. you know, connections in the whole series. How do you keep all of that straight and connected? Is there like a whiteboard with you know, red string, like somewhere, is it a Google doc? Like, I just need to know how you keep all of it straight and all of their storylines together. I think it's, uh, people will think I'm absolutely insane. I really don't write anything down. It's just like all in my head. I, and yeah. I know. And so like when I'm writing, I, I just, I can't remember when I started doing it, but I remember I was like, Oh, I need something, you know, like a restaurant that they need to go to or something. And I was like, Oh, they can go to the restaurant that's from this book. You yeah. know, it's just like, it's easy. I don't have to make anything up. I can just, you know, apply it over to this one. And then I was like, well, that's fun. Like, wouldn't it be fun if like things start like overlapping and like one of my baseball characters needed an agent. And um, I have a book about a sports agent. It's called Diary of a Bad Boy. And I was like, oh, he could just be his agent. Like, duh, like that's yeah. so easy. So like those books connect in like a weird sort of way. And then, and then things just started crossing over. And then there was these baseball guys that didn't get a story, but they became teachers. And so then I went into my teacher series and then you just started seeing the baseball boys in my teacher series. And then it was just like all these cross crossing. And then like a Kane brother will be watching a baseball game and he'll be talking about his favorite player, like Maddox. And he's from the Rebels and the Rebels is a team that I wrote about. And you just kind of see these little pops and cameos everywhere. And um, it's just easy for me when you're doing something along the lines of incorporating something of an everyday activity for a character, not having to make it up, but just a, taking bits and pieces that I've already written. You know, it's great for the readers. They enjoy it. They love yeah. the little Easter eggs that are everywhere. And it's easier for me because I'm like, oh, I don't have to make anything up. So, um, when I was, I wanted in right man, right time, I wanted JP and riot mm -hmm. to make an appearance because riot isn't untying the knot. And he's the one who started this website for athletes. And I was like, Oh, it'd be so perfect. If, you know, he talked to Silas about this website and not to like ruin anything, but yeah. <laughs> um, when I was writing it at towards the end, 
and like the idea of how it all like comes together because I don't ever plot anything out oh, good to know. <laughs> the idea of how everything was gonna be solved when it came I had like two huge light bulbs I was like oh my god yeah <laughs> I was like this works out so perfectly from using stuff from other books and people get a cameo like a fun cameo of other characters and it just worked out great. So I like to think that I'm like a big mastermind and I really know what I'm doing, but it's really spur of the moment kind of stuff that we're dealing with. (laughs) Good to know. We read uh, a not so meet cute for the book club right before right man, right time came out. And when Mm -hmm. I saw like JP show up at the end, I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) you know, you bring them all together and we get to go back to LA. And like, I just was like dying inside. So I was like, I have to know, like, is there a whiteboard somewhere with all the connecting pieces or is that like your plan from the get go? But seems like it's not, (laughs) it's not, it's, it'll randomly appear in like, I don't know. Have you read so not meant to be yet? Not yet. I'm waiting. Okay. So for this series, (laughs) (laughs) so not meant to be. Um, the main character, Kelsey, she has a podcast and it's called uh, meant to be, and she interviews couples on how they like have, how they met and all this different stuff. And when I was going through it, I asked, I asked my readers how they met because I was going to use like couples. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know if like someone legal wise, if that's like a good idea or, you know, whatever. So then I was like, oh, I'll just use all of my former couples from all of my other books. And I pull, like, I go, I go deep and people are like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Like like, these characters came back and it was so fun for everyone to like see these characters that they've like read about a long time ago. So yeah, I did hear that. Someone was telling me about the book and like little spoilers. So he was like, oh, I said, I was like, oh my gosh, JP. And like, you know, the Kane brothers were here and Riot and everything. And they were like, oh yeah, uh, they they show up in like all these other books. And I was like, okay, listen, <laughs> I didn't make that connection though, because we had just finished the Not So Meet Cute. And I was like, I, you know, I was wholeheartedly invested in, in JP and Huxley and all of them. So yeah, <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. I loved that. So I do have a question because someone did tell me a little spoilery for JP's book though. Why did you choose the pigeons as the... Uh, <laughs> as his pet project (laughs) so jp has this like guilty conscience that he makes all of this money and whenever something is like wrong in his life he feels like it'll be better he'll get good karma if he donates money to Mm -hmm. these charities and so you know he donates to like these polar bears that are like losing their like habitats and you know he just feels for them and he's in a really low place And I looked up weird charities in San Francisco because they were in San Francisco. And the first thing that came up was the pigeon rescue and like how you can adopt the pigeons. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, this is great. (laughs) And so then I was like, clearly JP needs to have like an obsession of a pigeon rescue and and, go on and on about how like people need to care about the pigeons too. (laughs) But it was like, really stupid but like really funny at the same time yeah yeah it was <laughs> everyone was like I'm invested in the pigeons and I'm very curious so I had yeah. to ask <laughs> yeah. and then this is a little spoilery but he does like mention uh when he's talking to Ollie saying you know do you know anyone that writes in like journalism about rescues and and that kind of yeah. thing is he referencing the pigeons is that what was yes. that what I was I supposed yes. to be? okay great <laughs> I said it to someone else I was reading it and they were like I don't know if that was it and I was like no no that that's yeah, gotta be it that's it <laughs> It's gotta be the pigeons. <laughs> I love that. So how is Right Man, Right Time different than the other books in the series? What kind of tropes are included and all that kind of stuff? So we have age gap and fake dating, which is really exciting. Uh, you also have some new adult romance because Ollie is in college. And then there is also, <laughs> there's Jacob's Ladder, yep. which really blew up. Yeah. Um, I like, it's so funny because I did this TikTok on my cover reveal and I like to give people the trope. So they just like can get a general idea. And I was trying to think of like what tropes to put on there. And I'm like, I don't know. And at the end I was like, oh, I'll just slip in Jacob's daughter like that. You know, people I think would be interested in. They were That's like, awesome. it turned my TikTok into a search engine for Jacob's ladder. And <laughs> And then I was like, oh my God, like what's going on? And and so then I did like another post about how like everyone turned my innocent cover reveal into a Jacob's Ladder search. And they're like, innocent, like you knew what you were doing. <laughs> you were like, I was like, I was just, 
just giving the information. Okay. Yeah. I'm just sharing a little bit. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I think each book is very different in its own way. You know, with Kiss and Don't Tell, you really just get this general like introduction to everybody, which I think is so fun. And then Winnie is just kind of suffering through the loss of her mother and Pacey's there to like help her along the way. And I, I love that. And then obviously unexpected pregnancy for the second one, one. And then this third one is, you know, a fake dating relationship that where they turn friends first and you can see that friendship develop. And then that friendship turns into something more. And Silas is just this like grumpy alpha kind of guy who truly in the end of it all just wants to be loved because he was destroyed by his ex-girlfriend and now he gets to have that love, you know? Yeah. um, There is one like connecting storyline that I do in all three of these books, which I've done before in other series, but you'll read in every single one of these books, there's a time where they do a text message thread Hmm. between the um, heroine and the hero and it's always friends are involved helping them during this text message. And it's in one chapter, but the POVs change quickly so yeah. that, you know, if I send a text, you see the reaction from the other character when they read it, which I think is very fascinating because you don't get that very often. Or especially if like you and I were texting and I was telling you something, I wouldn't necessarily see your reaction right. to what you were experiencing when you saw whatever I was telling you. And I think as a reader, it's really fun to see that back and forth, back and forth, especially when it's like a panic kind of text, right? Because that's what it is in this situation. <laughs> it's usually like, what do I do? What do I say? I don't know what's going on. And then like the like other parties like, oh, Jesus Christ, like, what are they like trying yeah. to tell me? <laughs> yeah, I will say that was probably one of my favorite scenes. And the way it ends, is just like so comedic. I can't even yeah. believe that you were able to come up with that because I was dying inside. I was like, cr- like I was cracking up and my boyfriend was watching me read like what are we reading and I was like you don't want to know (laughs) (laughs) you do not want to know how the scene ends (laughs) I was very um it's funny because I I wrote it all out and then when I write I usually just black out and I'm like like just getting it all out so when I was editing I forgot that I wrote that last sentence Mm. that posy texts and I when I was reading I like straight up guffawed I laughed so hard I was like that's great, Megan. Like that, that good. is good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing my, I'm doing my job right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was laughing so hard. And I we had like a group chat and I was I was like, this you guys have to get to this part because I'm dying. <laughs> it was so good. So you write a lot of really funny comedic situations. I will say, like the pregnancy class and a not so meet cute and those sorts mm-hmm. of things. Where do you get your ideas for these like very raunchy two thousands rom com style, you know, <laughs> scenes? Where do you get the ideas for those? Honestly, they are very spur of the moment and I'll be writing and I'll be like, oh, this could be turned into something like a little bit more. And so then I'll like write out like, for instance, we'll take the locker room scene where they're texting back and forth, Tylus and Ollie. And so what I find is funny is the inner turmoil of the human being and what they're going through, because anyone can relate to that. Anyone can relate to a moment where it's like extremely awkward. And I think building up on those moments is what really, truly makes it comedic. So I'm writing and I'm like, oh, it'd be funny if you said this, you know, and then like, how can I push it a little bit further and a little bit further? And so you come back to the scene where Silas is with Posey again. And the first thing that you see is Silas is whipping Posey with a towel because he's like, you stupid idiot. Like, what are you doing? Because like you see her being like, what is this text? And then you get back to him and he's like, well, you're fucking this up. But then it's like, you push it even further because you're like, well, they obviously have to chase each other around the locker room and like towels fly off. And like, it just, you take it to the next level. You think, how how could this be funnier? How can I make this funnier? And sometimes my like funny scenes are not funny at all. The first draft, they're like barely there. But when I go to edit, I usually, it's like a skeleton. And then I really put like the, the, meat and the muscles like within that scene to make it even funnier so yeah it's usually spur of the moment sometimes I'll be like oh it'd be funny if they went to a birthing class or something like that yeah. you know how can we make this funny but it's always usually spur of the moment I love 
love that. That's awesome. Do you, <laughs> it, it reminds me a lot of like the early 2000s, 2010s, like rom-coms. Is there a favorite of yours that you always recommend people watch or? <laughs> so I'm like a product of that time mm-hmm. frame, yeah. that era. I didn't go to parties in high school. I like, I played softball. So like almost every weekend I had a tournament. And so I didn't really get to go out, but my parents would take me to Blockbuster Friday nights and I would, I would rent whatever rom-com came out and you've got mail was my absolute favorite still is. I love you've got mail. Um, the wedding singer, I think has like all the classic comedy and like love that you need. And then, uh, I love when Harry met Sally, you know? Yeah. Just good ones. Such good ones. Such classics. (laughs) Your a lot of your books remind me of what women want and like the yes. the Mel Gibson like not knowing how to handle yes. life while he's like hearing what they want. So yeah, I really like that same. It feels like the same vibe. So I love it. <laughs> I love that movie. I like. I have a DVD case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't ever watch them, but I, we still have them. Yes, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're like oh, I don't know what these are for, but here they are. Yeah. <laughs> But like, if you look through them, you'd be like, oh, I know what this girl likes. Cause it's like Bridget Jones diary, two weeks notice the proposal, yeah. my big fat Greek wedding, like yeah. all of these movies me along the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So where did you get the inspiration for these characters? And have you ever seen letter Kenny? Was it maybe them <laughs> that you got it from <laughs> letter Kenny, the Canadian like hockey show? Have you seen that? Oh no. Okay. Never mind. But how did you get the inspiration <laughs> for these characters then? <laughs> I need to like look that up yeah, now. Right <laughs> um, <laughs> uh it just depends. Like I'll, you know, my brother-in-law is a good inspiration and I would never tell him that. But he he can be very like manly, but also like he would <laughs> be like, if I don't get a cookie in two seconds, I'll scream. <laughs> like, <laughs> so stupid. And so I just think like that dynamic is kind of funny. Um, it's usually people that like are around me, people I know that I'll pull like inspiration from stories that I'll read. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually have a general, you know, understanding of like what kind of characters I will write. It's usually like the grumpy guy or the sarcastic guy or the more like feminine guy, but also like alpha in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's usually just like three types of guys that I'll write. Um, I prefer to write the sarcastic one because that yep. makes the banter so much better for me and easier for me to write. Writing a Huxley is really hard because you have to be controlled. Like I have to physically be controlled when writing because I can't have a witty comeback from him or I can't make him really laugh because that's just not who his character is. Yeah. And so when writing banter back and forth, it's more of like, how can I piss off the heroine more with my responses rather than how can I make this fun? And that's a little bit harder for me, but I do love, I do love a grumpy hero so much. I love them. (laughs) We love to read it. So keep going. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. What was the hardest scene for you to write in this book? Hmm. This one flowed pretty good. Yeah. Honestly, (laughs) I had three weeks to write it and this one flowed like real Real nice. There's this one scene in it where they're like doing it and they really just start to go wild and start dirty talking to each other. And at one point I was like, I don't even know what to say. And so then I started like Googling like things to say like to your partner, <laughs> like dirty things to say. And I was like reading, I was like, oh no, they can't say that. Well, this might work, but yeah. I was like, <laughs> that'll do. <laughs> yeah. So that one was kind of hard because it was like, they were really just telling each other exactly what they needed at that moment. And I couldn't think of anything. Like, I think sometimes you get these blocks in your head, mm-hmm. you know, especially during the spicy scenes, like it's either flowing so quickly that I can't write fast enough or I'm like, where's his hand again? Like I have to like reread and I can't think of what to say. And I'm like, how many times did I just say cock? Like, I feel like I need to like pull back. (laughs) Do I need a diagram? Like, am I okay? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That's totally valid. (laughs) I feel like it is really hard to, especially like when you want it to be a certain way and then you're like, is it too much? Like, am I doing too much at this at this moment in time and not having someone you're like, I have to get it out. So then you can edit mm-hmm. and tell me if it's too much. But yeah, I think it is really easy to kind of like get in your head about those things. 
<laughs> yeah, my I just finished a book that's coming out in June. It's um, the sequel to Royally Not Ready. And the book's called Royally in Trouble. And it's the same characters. And I haven't done that in a really, really long time. Yeah. And <laughs> I am, I was going through the edits and my editor was like, I don't think we need this sex scene because there's been a lot. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> First of all, readers will never be upset about another sex scene. Okay. Yeah, Second of all, it takes a lot for me to write these and there's no way I'm deleting it. <laughs> you better save that for another book then. <laughs> like, I know. We're going to rewrite some words. <laughs> I did not delete it. And then I was like thinking about it the other day and I was like, how many sex scenes are in that book? And I started counting. I was like, oh, I feel like more than I normally do. Cause I was, cause Kelly or Kelly Keller and Lily, who are the characters in, um, Royally not ready. They are very sexual. Yeah. And it's like, as if princess diaries met 50 shades of gray, it's just very like, we are in this together. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to be really creative when I was writing it. And I feel like I got too creative at one point. I'm like, have they even done it just regular? Like, yeah. I don't know if there's like a regular moment. If this is too much, perhaps. Yeah. But I think for you too, like you've already written these characters, so you know them so well. So it might make it a little easier. And like, we we believe you. Like, I haven't read it yet. I, I don't know, but I believe you that you know them well enough to know that they are the way that they are. And there are a lot of many sex scenes, endless, honestly. <laughs> the limit well, is not long. It's a long book. And with my books, I like to wait until 60 to 70% to really torture readers Mm -hmm. until they have that like final connection. But with this book, it was the first chapter because they've already, they're already together. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, why wouldn't they be doing it? And then I had to come up with a reason as to why they wouldn't be doing it. And so that was interesting. And then like, then the tension forms and it's, it's great. I love it. I love that book. I love that. (laughs) So in contrast to the hardest scene, what was your favorite scene to write from Right Man, Right Time? Probably the locker room scene. Okay, I, <laughs> I, I love going back and forth with text messages. Also, when she's telling her boss about the meet cute mm. and how she met Silas. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a rambling moment. That is yeah. that entire scene is all like ad-libbed I guess if you want to say it. like I had no plans for how it was going to turn out I was like okay how could they meet well let's start at a doctor's office where's it going to go from here and then like it just kind of I went with it and then during edits I beefed it up even more and it's just so great yeah. and like I feel like fun and you're like oh god Ollie just stop talking you like, like were her in that moment <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you were like, let me just keep on keeping on. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. I read that and like I was physically like cringing, but I also know at the same time, like if that happened, I would be doing the exact same thing she was yeah. doing. And there's just like no stopping you when that's where you're at. <laughs> like, yeah. There's no turning back one. And there's two, there's no stopping you when, when that's the the line of questioning you're going with. <laughs> exactly. I'm that person. And like my wife hates it because she's like, you know, it's okay not to talk if there's silence. And I'm like, oh, no, no, there has to be. Yeah, <laughs> there has to be conversation. I could never. And so she's always like, you ramble like way too much. And I'm like, well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, people need to know about my life, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel very similar. I love that. <laughs> so as a previous Coloradian and one of my listeners also asked that I asked this, what is your favorite hike in Colorado? God, I don't even... I pers- I haven't been on a hike and Lord knows how long, probably six or seven years because oh I have a six-year-old son. So yep. imagine that, but I do love going to the garden of the gods Ugh. and not doing, not doing the main garden. Cause the main garden is usually like really crowded, but doing the like off course mm-hmm. type hikes. I love those. There was this one that we did that was up near, God, what's it called? S's park. Mm-hmm. And this was before children, obviously. It's yeah. when our dogs were our children. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we, it was like, I couldn't tell you what it, what it was called, but it was about a mile and a half one way. And it took you, they were like, oh, it's like moderate. Okay. Never At one moderate. point I'm like climbing like this. I'm like, whoever came up with it, it was fine. But you got up to a a lake in the middle of the mountains and it was gorgeous. 
and the and the water was crystal clear. And I was like, this is why we moved here. Mm-hmm. And then we adopted and we haven't been outside. And Except who that. knows how long. <laughs> I don't know what the sun is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. That's very valid. Yeah. I used to live in Estes park for like two years. So, uh, oh, really? I know. yeah, <laughs> you have the best coffee there. Oh my God. And that like pie place, like on yes. the way to, and on the way back, the cherry, yeah, the pie, cherry place. pie place. Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> we used to go to Dave's barbecue, which is like the entrance of the park, like right before. Oh the yeah. So good. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. I was really curious. Um, my kids are six and four right now. So I think maybe like in a year or so we'll be able to to do a little bit more hiking. They love being outside. They love yeah. going on, you know, they'll, we'll go to like black forest, like regional park for like a little hike or whatever and nothing too intense, but yeah, they love, they love doing it. And so when they're a little bit older, we'll definitely be doing more. I love that. Yeah. The Springs is, you guys are like much closer to like nature. I feel like in the Springs than in Denver. We are. And like, we, I like it because we technically it feels like a mountain town because mm-hmm. Pikes Peak sits on the front range but it's not really a mountain town at all. Yeah. <laughs> but it looks like it. it looks like, it's the idea of it. Yeah. Always. Yes. Yeah. Every time I go to I'm like, oh, your mountains are so close. Damn it. Yes. <laughs> Must be nice. It is. Oh, well, what a vibe. <laughs> now I live in It's like sweating to death. So I'm sad. <laughs> okay. So do you have any advice for any aspiring authors? Yes. So I get this question a lot. And my two biggest things are when you first start writing, make sure that you just, and this is going to be gross, but puke it all out. Don't go back and edit. Don't go back and reread. Just get the story out because if you try to go back and reread, you're never going to finish. So just get it all out. And then second one is no matter how great you are, you cannot edit your book by yourself. It's not going to happen. You will miss everything. So um, find yourself a good editor pay the money for the good editor. It'll be worth it in the long run. Yeah. That's really great advice. I like that. <laughs> I think it's hard too. Cause a lot of the times you get in your head, like we were saying before, and then you're like, mm-hmm. this doesn't make any sense. Is this going to work? How's that going to go? And mm-hmm. it's, it's like sewing a garment. Like you can always cut it shorter, but you can never, un- you can never put length back on. You can never add the words back sure. if you take them mm-hmm. away. So yeah, I like that. That's yeah. really good advice. So what's next for you? You said you have one more book coming out. Do you have any other coming out this year? Is there more in this series? What's the plan? I have a lot coming out this year. I actually have one coming out with my publisher, April 18th, which is my birthday. And that one's called Vacation Wars. And um, it takes place in Greece and super, super fun. And then I have June 6th, with it, which is Royally in Trouble. And then I have August. I don't quite know the date yet, but that's going to be a new small town romance, which I'm really excited about. And um, that one will, it's just going to be like, I, I've been dreaming about it. And so I'm like chomping at the bit to write it, but I'm writing a Christmas novella right now. And so the Christmas novella, I have to like finish that up. Yeah. That comes out this year as well. It's called Under the Thistletoe. Oh my gosh. And it takes place in Scotland. And so any, like any people who know that I've written a book in Scotland before. And so it's a spinoff. So people will be really excited about that. And what else? I'm doing something in October and I don't know where that is yet. So we'll see. <laughs> you, have, you are very busy, a lot on your plate. <laughs> very <Cool>. busy. <laughs> yeah. How do you keep all that straight and like manage that? Do you feel like it ever gets a little overwhelming? Uh, no, not really. I enjoy writing, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I, I really like diving into the characters and into the worlds. Um, I have fun with it. So that's never an issue, you know, and I think sometimes people are like, you write too much. And, it, you know, it's one of my things I don't like to hear. It's like yeah, a hot they're button. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay and to be wrong I and just, wrong. <laughs> yeah. I just like to write, you know, and I will continue to write as long as I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And so if that means I release like six books a year, that means I release six books a year. It's, you know, it's because I really enjoy what I'm doing. Um, and I enjoy getting lost in the world. So yeah, I, I, it's not hard to keep up because like I said, I don't know what's going on in October yet. And so it's up in the air. So I don't really set things in stone until I'm ready to commit because I have, started books before like right man right time was supposed to be another book it wasn't supposed to be this one was supposed to be hockey supposed to be something completely different but I started writing it I was 25,000 words in and I was like I can't do this anymore it's not I'm not feeling it and but I had to turn something in because I had a deadline and so I was like well I'll just quickly write this like hockey romance 
and it flowed so easily and it was great. So, um, I like having the like option to, yeah, you know, do what I need to do. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. I love that's like my number one thing about indie is like, you guys can push out books so quickly and we don't mm-hmm. have to wait forever. I like being a hybrid author and yeah. I like being indie and traditional because I think it gives us the option to dabble in everything. And yeah. I really do enjoy working with a publisher. I think, you know, it, I like working with a team. Sometimes it can be very lonely, Yeah, <laughs> you know, being an indie author. And so working as a team is really exciting. So yeah, I like, I, I think it's a, the best of both worlds situation. Definitely. I love that. <laughs> so do you have any signing scheduled, any virtual events that anybody can attend? So I'm going to readers take Denver at the end of this month, mm-hmm. beginning of April, I will be at book Bonanza. Yay. I will be at wild and windy in the city, which is in Chicago. And I'm going to London in July, which is exciting. Um, oh, I'll also be at a polycon in mm-hmm. love in Vegas. And be like, oh, Philly. <laughs> I have a lot of signings this you year. You do. Yeah. You have quite a bit. <laughs> I was looking on your I, website. I was like, wow, she is busy. <laughs> I, my wife and I think it's important for me to get out there and yeah. to talk to readers and connect with readers. And, you know, I try to go to quote unquote smaller signing mm-hmm. every year to touch upon somewhere that I might not go normally. And I just think it's, I enjoy it. I enjoy talking to readers, you know, because it is a lonely job. I sit here at a computer most of the time. So going out to be able to meet everybody and talk to other authors and talk to readers and talk to influencers, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I I would be sad if I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I love that there's so many opportunities to meet you in person. So that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's glad, I'm glad we're not in the COVID times. Like I went to a Polycon last year and I was like, this is so wild because none of us have been to anything in so long and like to see mm-hmm. all of you guys out there and like get to hug people and see. And it was just, it was like quite, it changed my life, honestly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was so fun. Awesome. So where can everybody find you? So, um, my address is, I am Megan Quinn books on Instagram. I believe author Megan Quinn on TikTok. Megan Quinn's mofos it's a group on facebook love it um we're a fun group over there i think that's it my contact information is on my website so have fun with that yeah (laughs) perfect well i really appreciate you coming on i had so much fun chatting with you yes definitely i had a great time thank you for having me yeah thank you (laughs) Bye. bye Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you aren't following us, go ahead and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And thank you guys again for all of your support. Have a great day.